Hey new mama, I remember being in your shoes and feeling so overwhelmed. I was battling mom guilt, trying to do it all, struggling to transition into working mom life, and just wished there was a place to go that would provide me clear guidance with simple, quick, easy solutions for the problems I was facing. Hey, I'm Lauren Francois and I created it for you. Welcome to the Mom Hacks Podcast, where in each episode I will provide you with a simple tactical hack in self-care, health, and wellness, mom life solutions solutions to simplify motherhood and even productivity, goal setting, and habit creation to make your transition back into the workspace that much smoother. Welcome to the show, Naptime Warrior. Now let's dig into today's episode. Hey guys, I have a real treat for you today. I had the opportunity to sit down with an incredible woman, Cheryl Ann Skolnicki. She is a mom of three. She worked in corporate America for 15 years and has been an entrepreneur for the last 11 years. She is the founder of Brilliant Balance and we talked about how to get your spouse and kids to help out at home and I know this was a topic I was so interested to hear her take on especially because she is a little bit older than we are her kids are now in their teenage years and so she was speaking from a place of experience having been through everything that we have been through with young children and what I love most is her tips really revolve around making some key mindset shifts and how you look at your home how you take care of your home who are the players involved in taking care of your home and you can actually hear her have me shift my mindset in the way I talk about it from the very beginning. So these are incredibly powerful tips and I know if you take her advice and implement these in your home you're going to feel like a huge weight has been lifted off your shoulders. So let's dive in. This is how to get your spouse and kids to help out at home with Cheryl Ann Skolnicki. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. And I am so excited because today we have Cheryl Ann Skolnicki on with us. And she is going to be talking with all of us about how to get your spouse and kids to help out at home. And I know I have a three and a half, almost four year old, and a two and a half year old. And life is exhausting. We are busy moms, we are busy women, often juggling home life, with careers. We are still in the midst of this pandemic. And so there's so much on our shoulders right now. And asking for help and getting our spouses and our kids to help us in our house is going to eliminate so much of that exhaustion. So Cheryl Ann, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to be with this audience. I know that your kids are a little bit older now, you said, and you have three kids. So kind of take yourself back to the stage that I'm at right now with toddlers and the stage a lot of my audience is at and tell us like, how, how do you get first your young kids involved in helping you around the house? Yes. So let me just make everybody know how old I am before we get into this so that, you know, I think it's really important. I remember when I was um, working in my corporate career, I had a colleague and her children, her youngest child was starting kindergarten. And I thought to myself silently, wow, you are so old. Like the fact that your youngest child was 
And now here I am, right? So I have, I am 46. My children are 10, 13, and 16. And so I'm going to speak from that place today as somebody who has survived toddlerhood, babyhood, first days of school, and now is navigating, you know, a household where I think of it as we move from having babies to raising children. Yep. And this is a long chapter. You know, this chapter of raising children goes on until they are self-sufficient adults. And it happens for all of us. Like every mom goes through that inflection point where you move from thinking about I'm starting a family, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm having a family to I'm raising a family. And that's really where this territory of getting them all involved in the work of the household comes into play, right? When you make that transition. So I'll I'll ground us in that. My kids are girl, boy, girl. Um, So I am gender agnostic about their ability (laughs) or the necessity of them helping um, or being involved in the work of the household. And I've been married for 20 years. So um, we, have, we have done a few turns around the sun here together. And I think it's, it's really important that, you know, I'll speak really honestly about what it's like to run the household with five people in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your question is, if I go back to where you are, to a chapter where it can feel like it's all on your shoulders, yes. you know, not just are you taking care of yourself? but you're taking care of a spouse, you're taking care of the kids, you're taking care of the household, you're taking care of your business. And even that framework is like a really important place for us to start. Because Lauren, if we internalize it as like, it's our work and we're asking for help, we are in trouble before we even get started. Interesting. Right? If the frame is, well, it's my job and will you help me? Ugh right? We're back on our heels. We feel weak. We feel like we're not keeping up. Like who says it's our job? That's a very good point because I know at least with my husband, you know, one of the things we had to work through when we even just had our first child was this idea of, he was like, just tell me what you want me to do. And I was like, but I don't want to constantly be telling you or asking you because then I feel like I'm nagging and I don't really want to be that nagging woman. I was like, I just want you to know what I'm thinking and, and do what I want you to do, which is unfortunately they don't know. <laughs> right. Wouldn't it be great? I'm like, I read my mind out. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. so let's just start there maybe with like, whose house is this? You know, so in my household, I started very early, really being conscious about language, mm-hmm. really being conscious about what is the kind of frame I want my children and my husband and myself set in. And so my frame was, this is our house, right? We all live here mm-hmm. and houses don't take care of themselves, <laughs> right? They, they, they actually don't have the ability to take care of themselves. Dishes don't do themselves. Laundry doesn't do itself, right? Beds don't make themselves. So the people who live here in this house that we have have to work together to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And we're all going to have roles that are aligned with our capability or our interest. You know, I wasn't necessarily using that language with a little kid, but, but with my husband, I was, it was like, this is our house, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We all have jobs to do here that keep this place running. Some of them are indoor. Some of them are outdoor. Some of them are fun. Some of them are not fun. You know, some of them have to be done on a schedule and there's like this notion of preventive, like maintenance that has to be handled. Some of them are, um, you know, things that we do every single day. 
you know, this is our house and we all have roles. Think about Lauren, what a frame shift that is for everyone in the household. So you don't say, I never say, will you help me with this? Will you do this for me? Will you make your bed for mommy? Will you help mommy do that? Like, mm -mm, mm -hmm. right? So this is a task that needs to be done. So sometimes early on, we're in a training mode. Like I'm, you're, I'm going to teach you how to do this thing that we get to do every day for the rest of our lives, like make our beds, yeah. right? I'm going to teach you how to um, load the dishwasher or do a load of laundry. And truthfully, if you think about it, for our children, we want to raise adults who know how to do these things. Oh, yes. Ultimately, right? I mean, and it seems so far away when they're four and two. But when I'm sitting here with 10, 13, and 16, I'm thinking, I have two more years with my oldest to really teach and train on anything that I am realistically going to be teaching and training on. Mm -hmm. So she just got her driver's license. And we're, you know, it was like, do you know how to, that you don't have to put a full tank of gas in the car. You actually can stop before the tank. Have we ever talked about that? You know, do you know how to use a debit versus a credit card? Do you know, these are, those are the lessons I'm teaching. But back when they were four, I was teaching, this is how we fold a shirt so that it fits in our drawer. Okay. Yep. So the notion that we're raising self-sufficient adults and they have, the sooner we start, the sooner they're actually really, truly capable participants in the maintenance of the household. Okay. So if you don't want to be taking up the trash for the rest of your life, or you don't want to be doing the dishes, the sooner they learn at age appropriate ways, how to do those tasks, the sooner they become proficient. And where I see a lot of young moms kind of going astray is they think, ugh, they don't do it very well. You know, I ask them to do this and like, and they make their bed and it kind of is yucky. It's not a great outcome. Right? Or it takes more time, you know, yeah. it takes more time for them to do it than to just do it yourself. Yeah. But I think the one thing that I keep thinking of as you're talking that we have going for us is they actually think this stuff is really fun right now. <laughs> I know my kids are super interested in the washer and the dryer and gosh, my son, I live where it's um, very snowy. My son loves to shovel. Like of all things, he loves to shovel. And so kind of using those, that way of it being really exciting now to make it almost like play or a game or something that's really fun that they get to do. And that's great when it works, right? Mm -hmm. So early on when you're trying to build this little spark, yes, like it's something we're doing together. It's something that's fun, but it, but you and I both know that everything about running a household does not work that way. No, <laughs> right? Yet it needs to be done. So there's also this, like we're training them in the reality of there are things we do, like flossing my teeth is not fun, but it is necessary. And so just getting them in that frame of like, there are some things in life that are just, we do them because it's important for, for our bodies to run well or for our households to run well. So I think if I, if I want to underline that one point, it's like, this is our house. And mm -hmm. we, as the people who live here, are responsible for keeping it running. It's not mom's job to run this house and you every now and then pitch in and I have to fall all over myself with gratitude for that. We're, we all are involved, right? Oh my God. So it's, a, it's a total frame shift. It is. It is a completely different mindset versus it's my responsibility to keep the house clean and everything picked up and everything running versus we are all in this together. And it's not, like you said, it's not your job to just help out every once in a while. Yeah, we are a team. 
right? Your team, Lauren, has some rookies on it. They're like, <laughs> they don't really know what they're doing yet, right? My team has got some capable players now because we've worked with them for mm-hmm. years to do it. So now, as these children get a little bit older, the expectations can go up about what are they doing without guidance? What are mm-hmm. they doing without reminders? What are they doing without, you know? So you, you can work toward a, a level where there are systems happening and nobody has to tell you to do the laundry. You just know, right? Nobody has to tell you to clear the table and do the dishes. You know, at some point they will cross over that threshold. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be when they are out on their own and having a family of their own. Like they can cross over that threshold sooner but it's repetition and and modeling, right, of what it looks like. So that's kind of the first piece. The second thing that we started to get into here is the training element of this. Mm-hmm. Like to be done to your standard takes practice, but that doesn't mean you should lower your standard. So here's a model that I think is really effective. If you're going to say to your child, I need you to make your bed, this is what it should look like when it's done. You've made the bed, you mom made the bed. This is what it should look like. So let's kind of take a look at this. See how here next to the mattress, this blanket is lined up in a straight line. See how these pillows stand up this way. Like we assume they notice. They do not notice. (laughs) Call them. This is what I'm looking at to see, right? (laughs) Done. Then they can start to have the same eyes that we do. Oh, that's what done means, you know? The comforter is in a straight horizontal line and it covers the mattress. The pillows stand up. They start to see what we see, right? So you show them a model and then you, the next time it's like, you try. They're not going to get all the way there. Mm-hmm. So you go, this is great. Now let's kind of finish together. Hey, we're going to straighten up this edge of the comforter. We're going to fluff this pillow. What do you think? Okay, we clap. This is great. We did a great job. Mm-hmm. Over time, they're taking it closer to the finish line right? Until they can get all the way there themselves. But, but if, we, if we get frustrated or if we're so busy praising them because they tried that we're not helping them kind of get to the finish line, then we'll have kids who think halfway is fine. Right. This reminds me of uh, a way of developing leaders uh, in our businesses, a model that I learned, which is Number one, I do and you watch. Then the next step is we do together. And then the third step is you do and I give you feedback. And then the fourth step is you do on your own, kind of sending them off to do it on their own. And it's just interesting that you take that from like your corporate career, your business and developing leaders that way. And you can apply that with your kids. It is 100% where I derived this system. (laughs) From, wow, I did this at work. I bet this works at home. Guess what? It does. You know, so that is so, it's so wonderful that you see that connection because that's literally where this idea came from in my own household was, boy, it works in a workplace. I Mm -hmm. bet work at home. Okay. Something, so the thing with kids is they kind of have to do what you tell them to do. They will, they will buy this, right? Yes. I have not met a household yet where if you start early enough, you can't get buy-in to this system. Like it will make sense. I do not pay my children an allowance for doing these things. I do not, you, you know, it is, this is the expectation of living in this household. We mm-hmm. do this together. I'm not paying you. I'm not getting paid to do these things. And you're not going to get paid to do these things ever. Mm-hmm. Like this is just how the world. So people have different philosophies about that and that's fine. But in my household, this is just, we do this because we live here and it has to be done. And that's the same rules I'm living by as an adult. You're going to live by as a child. Spouses are a little bit different. 
right? Spouses and partners have different, maybe they grew up with different expectations around whose job was whose. They have a different standard that they, you know, if they make the bed, this is good enough, or maybe they don't want to make the bed to use our example before. And we're like, oh, I kind of like the bed made every day. So we're in a, you're in more of a negotiation, right? With a peer when you're dealing with your spouse or your partner, then you are like, I am delegating and I'm creating a standard when I'm talking to the kids. So yes. what has been helpful to me with my spouse, and, and again, in my coaching programs, this is, this is like the 101, right? Of what we are teaching our clients to do. What's helpful is getting them, giving them visibility to how much work is being done. So sometimes what I think happens is we, as stereotypically the woman, is kind of like the, the master brain of the operation. Like I know when the doctors need to be, the doctor's appointments, I know what's the inventory of the refrigerator, what do we buy every time, what kind of yogurt will this one eat or not eat? Like we have this all in our heads and then we really expect them to be mind readers mm -hmm. and to appreciate this vast amount of work, you know, that we're doing. So I found it helpful to provide visibility to that. Like I literally built a Google sheet and it was like, here's all the stuff that I'm doing. And I had oh him like, let's make a Google sheet of all the stuff that we do regularly, kind of without being praised or asked. And let's just get this in a document where we can both look at, it. right? That is brilliant. <laughs> Cause there are, we do so many things and we just do them, you know, we just do, 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 do. And yeah, we don't realize that uh, they don't even know half of the stuff that Accurate. we do or take care of. <laughs> Accurate. And guess what? There's some stuff they do that we don't realize either. Yes, right? like definitely. I've a whole lesson about car maintenance. And yard. So there are things that they also are doing that we're not really thinking about. But if you can get, and every household's a little bit different on who is primarily responsible for what. If you can take a period of time, like say anywhere from a month to a quarter, and really lay it out because some things don't happen every day or every mm -hmm, right more episodically. Get that down. Then you have the framework for a discussion, right? It's like a, it's like a, it's not a date like a romantic date, but it's a really important relationship date on let's sit down and look at this together and see if we would shift the roles and responsibilities at all. You know, do we feel like this is fair, right? Every household's gonna have that line a little bit. Do we feel like we've aligned the work with our talent? Yes. I'm a great planner. My husband is not a great planner. He will be the first to admit that. So you don't want him doing things like remembering to schedule kids' doctor's appointments because it would be really hard for him and it's really easy for me, right? So we had to kind of like, but there are things that he has picked up and does primarily and regularly. Laundry is a great example. Like primarily he is like, I'll just handle laundry right? The kids are involved, but I am really never thinking about laundry because it's, it's a task that he's like, yeah, I got this. Like I can fold it in front of the TV or I can listen to a podcast. He works from home so he can switch stuff around during the day. And there's just like never a discussion about it. I do almost all the cooking. I do the meal planning. Like what are we going to have and figuring out, do we have the food in the house? But he may go get it, right? Pick up the click list and put the groceries away. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's this division of labor that you can sort to when there's visibility, right? Because half of what we want is respect and gratitude. And then the other half is we do want some help. Yeah, 
for sure. <laughs> so when you're thinking about deciding who's going to do it, what I was talking about with laundry is a really important um, example. And you could use groceries or food. You want to divide it end to end, right? It's best if, because the mental load, the cognitive load of carrying around, like what kind of yogurt do we buy? And when, like, that's all in there. And if you try to break it up and you just say like, like, well, you go to the grocery store and you write mustard, but he doesn't know that it has to be French's yellow mustard or Michael won't eat it, right? Like, then what is the point? He's going to come home with the wrong mustard and you're going to be mad. So yeah. like very like knowing that, right? Knowing that Sally only likes her socks folded this way. And if they're not, she's going to have a fit. Like then don't give that system away unless you're giving all of the nuances of the system. Yeah. Okay. So Including this, all the details. <laughs> all the details. And so whoever is going to do it kind of has to be all in. Now there's one exception, and this is typically one that women go, okay, that might work in my house. Um, and this is born out of experience. And I, it's, it's just a permutation of the 80-20 rule. Okay. So I mentioned my husband is not a planner. My husband is also not a details guy right? He's kind of like, he's really good at the first 80%. So we have in several areas of life just kind of agreed that if you will do that first 80%, kind of the brute force, heavy lifting part of it, I will come in and finesse the end. Let's take, let's go back to making the bed. Cause you know, we've talked about four times already. That's not, yeah. <laughs> if, if he makes our bed, he will get the comforter back on the bed and the sheets folded down, but he's not going to fuss with, there are like 10 pillows involved in the bed. He's not going to put all them where they belong. He's not going to get the quilt folded just right and tucked, you know, across, laying across the bottom of the bed. I am at peace with that. I am at peace with him getting the 80%. It takes me about a minute to do that last 20%, which is less time right? Then it would take, so I'm not going to complain about, you got the pillows wrong again and you didn't put the fill. Just do it, right? The kitchen, he's not going to wipe down the faucet. So there's no spots on it. He is not going to get like the last vestiges of crumbs or water, you know, off of the counter, but can he do the dishes and put the stuff away? Yeah. So how long does it take me to do that last 20%? Not very long. Yes. Right. So that's, you know, you, you might want to look at areas where what they don't want is to be picked at about not having done it right. Yep. And nobody could, likes that. <laughs> and, but would they happily say like, I'll take that on if you're willing to like take my version of it. And again, with a peer different than a kid, you may have to say, I'll take it and I'll, I'll kind of get it to my standard. If your standard is a little higher without complaining. That is such another big mindset shift because I think so many women get annoyed if they do the majority, but they don't take it all the way. I know I've done it before, especially with the kitchen where it's like, it is, it's the crumbs on the countertop. He'll like, my husband will like put most of the dishes in the dishwasher, but then like leave one or two. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. Like, why can't that, you know, why can't that one get in there either? And definitely not wiping down the countertops. He does it every once in a while. But having that shift of, well, he did the majority of it, he contributed, and now it is taking me less time to finish up the rest of it versus if he would have done nothing at all. So yeah. I love that. I have a standard is higher. There could be some things where, your husband's standard is higher. And you think, I've done this. And he's like, no, I, this, this next little, 
you know, so in, in, again, every household runs differently, but there may be some things where he actually, he's the one doing the last 20% because that matters to him. Right. Mm -hmm. It could go either way, but it's, we're trying to get the friction and the conflict out of the running of the household so that one, people do things more autonomously and two, there's less reminding and nagging and nitpicking. Right. And three, there's just more net time back for you. So even if you don't get a hundred percent, getting 80% of the time involved in that task back means you're getting to use it doing something else, which is a win. So I have a question for you and this, just as you were talking, I kept thinking about this. Number one, how do you, I know so many women are going to think, well, this is great, but how do I even approach this conversation with my husband? And number two, I know at least with my husband, it, it really does depend on the kind of household they grew up in because my husband grew up in a household where his mom He's the oldest of four kids. His mom was stay-at-home mom since the day he was born, did everything, took care of everything. Dad worked really, really long hours, still to this day does. So that dynamic, growing up with that, sets like a precedent almost in their head of what they expect when they get married. And I know we've had many conversations about this over the last, we've been married for five years five years, uh, over the last five years. And it took me a while to understand that. I was like, I don't understand why he's not helping with these things. And it was just that he grew up in a household where dad did not help with those things. And I think our generation, I, I hope that's not going to be as much of an issue because as women, we are working a lot more and it just seems to be a little bit more even now, but for people my age with husbands who did grow up with moms like that, how do you, again, how do you approach that conversation of this is what we do together? It's not just you going to work, me staying at home and doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's very important territory. So we're going to dig into this, but I think I, I want to preface this by saying you've changed one side of the equation already. Okay. Like if his mom didn't work and you do, that side of the equation already changed. The other side hasn't caught up. It's mm-hmm. like, you can't, it's, like a, it's like a balance sheet. You can't have a debit without a credit. Right. right? So you can't have a, and I'm going to work with, you know, X number of hours a week and still keep all of these things. Like there has to be an offset in that. So if the division of labor for, you know, a household where mom stayed at home and did all things household and raised the kids and dad went to work and provided financially, if that's the model that we're kind of coming out of, like in his case, if that was his model, and there's no overt discussion about what's the new model, then you're just all going to keep bumping into each other because yeah. those, those invisible scripts are playing right in the background of oh, what's yeah. normal, what's expected. Mm-hmm. So I do think, I say this a lot, everything we want in life is on the other side of a courageous conversation. Mm-hmm. Everything we want. And so I think this is a conversation. And so where you start, which was your question, is you start with a conversation that, that's not heated. It's not an argument. You're not nagging or yelling. It's like, I think we have to have a conversation about what is the vision for how we run this household and how we raise this family? Do we have a shared vision? Because you may not today, and you may need to reshape the vision until you have a shared vision. So that is an exciting conversation. That's like, what are we dreaming about? How do we want this to feel? What do we want it to look like? And if he's like, my vision is I am never doing anything, 
then your family's vision may need to be, okay, great. Who are we hiring to help with this stuff? Because I'm making money and I cannot carry all the tasks of the household. And if you choose not to as well, then in our household budget, we got to get somebody in here to help with this stuff. Because this is it's not that I can't physically do it. Oh, I love that you mentioned that hiring help. That is one thing I am all about. <laughs> yeah, and it's practical for some things and not for everything, right? right? It forces the discussion because I will tell you, having given that advice to countless women, where it leads is that gentleman says, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that we're going to hire somebody to do this. And immediately, you because now you've put a backstop against it. You've said, well, it's not an option for me to do all of it. And if it's not an option for you to do some of it, then we, who's the third party that's going to come in the mix here, mm-hmm. right? That could be a bridge. It could be until the kids are able to take stuff on, we need to bring in this person. And there are so many ways and solutions to do this, right? Everything from a household manager to a mommy's helper to a housekeeper. I mean, there's tons of solutions that could work. But if you think about the practical day in and day out, yeah, I'm telling you, it's the laundry, it's the dishes, it's the meal planning, it's who's putting food on the table, the doctor's appointments. That's a pretty robust job. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to bring someone in that close to, to really do life with their family. Okay. Yeah. So it, ultimately, it, it can usually force the discussion on, we're going to have to figure out, you know, the hours that we're investing across these different tasks and, and rewrite it. The way either of us grew up may not be the way we carry this family forward. Mm -hmm. I love that you said courageous conversation, because I think that's what it is. You know, it can be uncomfortable or scary. And so, so many people shy away from it because they just don't, they're not willing to go there or they think it's going to be confrontational. It's going to start an argument. So it really is kind of understanding that it is that courageous conversation. You kind of just have to take the leap and just do it and approach it from, this is not meant to be an argument or anything like that. Like, let's just have this discussion. Here's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? How can we come to a common, you know, a common agreement on how we can handle all of this? I think I would just say, like, I can't promise anyone listening that there won't be a level of conflict, right? In the initial, if this is the first time you're broaching this subject and you've been swallowing down resentment about how much you're doing, it might have some conflict, but what's the alternative? You know, the alternative is 20 years of doing everything and being crushed by the weight of that. Like Mm -hmm. I will often say to our community, having it all, which is what we were all promised, never meant doing it all. Like we just didn't get the memo. Yeah. You know, we didn't get the memo that having it all did not mean we were supposed to physically do every single task. So this, these conversations are really, really important and we're rewriting the rules for our kids. So what's the household we want them to grow up in? Mm-hmm. You now I'm, I'm raising a son who will just walk out into the world and view it as like very normal for him to do dishes and make his bed and do laundry. So we get the chance to change that mm-hmm. um, if, if we're courageous about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's such powerful stuff. I mean, it really is. And it is about that vision of how it's hard to think of when you have young kids, but you are, you almost have to, 
you have to be intentional about it now because they pick up on things so quickly and they form habits so quickly that if you aren't intentional about it from the beginning, you're making it so much harder on yourself to then, as they get older, try to bring these things into, into your family and into their lives and all of a sudden say, Hey, I know you haven't helped me with this for, or been a part of helping with this for, you know, the last 10 years, but now you're going to, and then it's a whole, whole different level versus trying to get a four-year-old, you know, to buy in. Yes. And you're trying to then teach skills to somebody who doesn't really want to sit and be taught. They don't think it's fun anymore. I promise you. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I, I know. I always make the joke. I'm like, I really hope you think shoveling is fun when he's like 16 and all of my older mom friends are like, he won't. Do not worry. I'm like, I didn't think he really would, but it would be cool if he did. (laughs) I just sent him out. Well, this was amazing. And I love, again, that a lot of this focused around just shifting your mindset around everything because I am such a big proponent of our thoughts create our reality and creating the vision and knowing the vision and taking action based on the vision that you want for your life. And really understanding that some of this is just having the courage to approach that conversation and to make these shifts. And that it may not happen instantaneously. Like you said, it could be, you know, this is one conversation out of 20 conversations, but it, you have to start, like you're going to get nowhere if you don't at least take that first step. And so we have to take that first step. And yes, as working women, I think part of it too is social media. Like we see these women doing all of these things and, and it looks like they don't have any help. Oh. And so it perpetuates this image of, well, she can do it all. Why can't I do it all? Like mm. I should be able to do it. And we don't see the background. We don't see everything that's going into it. And so it creates this really unrealistic expectation of what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think it's so important that we peel back that curtain and kind of get a peek behind it on what's really happening in the households of these, you know, um, externally very successful women. What is it? I've been curious about that for so long. And so I'm always an open book about what happens in my household because I don't want anyone to think, you know, I built this business with like three children playing at my feet while I wrote blog posts and sipped coffee. Like that never happened. You know, it was full-time childcare in the mix from day one. And so I think it's really important that we are honest, Mm -hmm. truly honest about how we're doing this and still managing to work out and have a date night and read, you know, whatever your things are that you're actually doing, like that's only happening if you've solved for the whole ecosystem. Otherwise you're just exhausted and running on fumes and cranky all the time. And who wants to live like that? Well, thank you so, so much. This has been so insightful and it's amazing coming from you because I know you were in corporate America for 15 years. You've been an entrepreneur for 11 years and just being at the stage with a little bit of older kids, it's so nice to hear through experience of what's worked and what doesn't work. I'm all about, I'm like, I'd rather just someone who's been through it, tell me what's worked for them. (laughs) I don't like researching and doing all that. Just tell me what worked and I'll give it a try and see how it works for me. So I appreciate it so much. How can people connect with you? Where Where can they find you? Sure. So the Brilliant Balance community is really, you know, we see ourselves as expert guides for working moms. So if anybody wants to find their way there, the website is brilliant-balance.com. 
And from that homepage, you can sort of navigate to our full suite of offerings. I have a podcast. So since you're listening to a podcast now, it's super easy to hop over and check out the Brilliant Balance podcast. That's a great way to get dipped in you know, the philosophy, some of these frame shifts that I, I tend to teach through um, as we go. And then on, on the homepage of the website, there are a number of free downloads. One that I think your community will particularly like is one that's called Stop Feeling So Tired All the Time. And if I think back to being a young mom with young kids, I mean, that's probably starts to feel like the norm, right? Like, (laughs) so this is a sheet where I've compiled some of the best, um, really practical ideas to just feel more energized and less tired that I think people might really get a lot out of. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yes. This is definitely not saying that any stage of motherhood isn't exhausting, but they're all exhausting in different ways. (laughs) Physically exhausting early and emotionally exhausting later. <laughs> yes, I agree. A bit. I was just talking to my friend who also has toddlers and she was like, I thought for some reason as my kids got older that I would have more time. And I was like, I agree. Like I, I, I'm chasing after my kids all day, every day, like that they're home with me. It's just by the end of the night, I'm like, just go to bed, please. I'm physically exhausted. Yes. <laughs> but it's a different exhaustion than no sleep. That's It's, it's different. different. Yes, it is different. And and I'll tell you the physical, trust me, the emotional burdens of parenting school age and teenage children have their own loss of sleep associated with them, right? So it's, parenting is a lifelong commitment. And I think that's why it's so important that we protect our energy for the long game. You know, if we think, oh, if I just get through this, it'll all settle down. I, 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 it's not going to. So we have to learn skills to really protect and, and manage our energy to play a long game, you know, and everything we've talked about today is designed to do that. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I will include the links to both your website and the stop feeling so tired all the time information in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, mama, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple. I didn't know how to do it either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast in, find my show, scroll to the bottom, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I love you so much for taking the time to do this, and each week I'll be sharing a review of the week because I want to shout you guys out. In all honesty, the reviews are what help this podcast get into the hands of other new mamas. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.